In 1 John 2, verse 18, it says these words. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know the hour is at hand, or that it is the last hour. If you look around the world today, something was sparked and fueled by the death of George Floyd. I don't know about you, but I, I saw those videos and then the, the protests beyond those videos and then the other people who have been hurt and we've got good friends who are police officers and the angst that they're feeling as well as the protesters and those people of color. I, one of a, a great friend of mine who's on our church council, she is a, uh, a black woman, younger, and I, and I called her this week and I said, help me understand from your perspective what is going on, and she gave me some great insights, and I'm a white male, and I don't pretend to understand the dynamics that are going on. When I was young, my parents would um, go to church, but on their way to church, we were in a big brown Ecoline van, Ford Ecoline van. They would pick up um, an African-Canadian family, and I loved it when we had that opportunity. They dressed in bright colors. They spoke differently. Um, they usually smelled differently, just the different food that they would eat. And, and I loved that opportunity. And yes, they were different. But that's what made them so special because they were different than me and they got to experience different things than I got to experience. And, and that's what I've looked forward with people of ethnicity. And, and so I don't get this heart of, of racist tension, I just don't understand it. But it does do something inside of me. It stirs me inside into a way that makes me realize, like, what, where's our world at? And I've been on my knees this week and I said, Jesus, what is the answer for your church? How is the church supposed to react? What took place with George Floyd was not right. The protests, by the way, it's okay to protest, but the violence and the destruction of property, that is not okay. But what it did is it started to put a display for the world to see and displayed in the nation all the things that we have maybe oppressed and suppressed and that has been under the current for a long time. And now it's coming to the surface and we're realizing that, you know what, it's not so pretty. There's a lot of darkened hearts out there. And what we're seeing on our screens is a revelation of what is actually in the hearts of men and women today. And I'll tell you what, uh, yes, it stirs anger, but it should stir us to drop to our knees and say, Jesus, how do we handle this? What is your response and this is what I've heard the Lord say this week is that church, this is your greatest hour. This is your greatest hour. And I wonder if the doors of the church being closed is something that God may be intended. Why? Because I think for too long, the, the light of the world, the hope of the world, the church, the people, not the building, have been inside buildings and they have not been in their communities representing Jesus the way that we should be, to be the hope, to be the light, to be the salt. 
Now, remember this. I'm talking about the church in general. Now, if you're watching this and you're not a follower of Jesus, I give you permission, click this off, or stay with us. Stay with us, because maybe you're saying, hey, this is what the church is supposed to be. Also, I'm not being critical on our own church. There are so many amazing things that people are doing in this church to be the light and the salt for so many So don't take this that I'm frustrated with this church. I'm just saying the Lord is giving us an opportunity to take what we've already started in and kindle that fire and see it spread even further. Many of us want to see our religious activities back when the church is open, right? We want our services. We want our programs. And and I'll tell you what, Jesus didn't call the church to religious activities, Jesus called the church to be the hope of the world, which means that we need to be out where it's hopeless to be the hope. We need to be in the places of darkness to be the light. We need to be the places that add the flavor of being salt to add to this hurting, and I would say, heart-darkened world. But I want to say that as Jesus has called us to face the injustices of the world, man, that is his message. As he's reaching there, then you realize, but racism is not the only injustice we see. And many times here in New Hampshire, we could be saying, well, that's not really us. Our black population is really not that large, and we really don't have racism here. And after all, that's a problem for somebody else. But before you kind of like check out and say, well, that's not really our issue, I want to say injustice is our issue. And can I tell you, poverty, fatherlessness, motherlessness, addiction, mental illness, domestic abuse, hunger, thirst, those are injustices that we're called to as a church. Well, how do you know we're called to that? Quite simply, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 says this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, in other words, his second coming, and all the angels with him, then will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he'll separate the people from one another. The shepherd, um, shepherd, as the shepherd shepherds his sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The sheep are the Jesus followers, faithful Jesus followers. For I was hungry, here's how he describes them. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Red letters in the Bible, Jesus' words. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and clothed you? Oh man, here we go. Here's the verse. And when did we see you sick in the prison and visit you? And then this is what he says. And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. This is what Jesus has called the church to. 
to care for our brothers and our sisters, to care for the least of these, those who are in need, those who are facing injustice, insecurity, those who are being oppressed. Then you turn over to James chapter one, and then he tells us this is what religion is, right? James 1.27 says this, religion that is pure and undefiled before God The Father is this, to visit the orphans, the widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Orphans, widows, okay, the afflicted, and keep oneself unstained from the world. In other words, your affections aren't so tied to the world. You see, our work, and you're gonna see this on your your screen, our work is to find the lost, to care for the least, and to train the found. So when we talk about, hey, you know what? We want the church to be opened up again. The thing that has allowed this season to do for me is it's it's given me a time to reflect and saying, what is the church all about? It gets us off of this is what we do to saying, what should the church be doing? I know what you're saying. The Bible says in Hebrews, don't forsake. Hebrews 10, 24, don't forsake the gathering. And I am in agreement with that. We need to gather, to be encouraged, to be instructed by the word, to worship Jesus. Why? All of that is, the gathering is to get us out of the world, to refocus us, to be instructed by the word so we know what he says to us, to worship him so we have his heart. So what? So that then we can go and be a light to this world then we can go and solve the injustices. See, our our gathering is so we can not only be together, but it's to be getting organized, to strategize, to say, what are we going to do to face these injustices in the world? For too long, the church has been blinded by its activities and its busyness. Okay, I'm talking to me. (laughs) Because guess what? We're the ones who put on the activities and we're the ones who are busy. And I would say the church has been intoxicated by caring about how many noses and nickels are in their buildings. Oh boy, did I just say that? (laughs) I did. We could so easily get distracted to say, okay, how are we going to pay our bills and and how are we going to fill our buildings? And and yes, we say it's because we want to reach more people for Jesus. Our intentions are good. Right, but when God peels back all these types of things, he says, yeah, but what are you doing to address the injustices in the world? Because that's what true religion is. Now, I love that we put on a service. It's good, right? We need to worship Jesus. We need to be instructed by his word. We need to gather together to encourage each other because the world is filled with discouragement. And that's why we have four home churches meeting today Welcome home churches for opening up and meeting together. See, this is not a time to pause. This is not a time to get complacent. It's a time to press in. The season is the time to press in. This is the season we're in. Not to back down but to press in. And that's why those people who said yes to house churches are so amazing because they're saying, you know what, we could wait around until the church opened up again, but we believe in the gathering. We believe in the mission. We believe to be 
handling the injustices of the world. And it's those groups actually are the ones who are applying for our grants. It's our life groups who are applying for our, our transformation grants that are going and doing this in our world today. That's why I'm saying you're doing it. I want to encourage you to keep on doing it. I want to see more of it because I believe that is what true religion is. I believe that's what God has called the church to be. And if you're thinking house churches are like, can we do that? Well, I'll tell you in Romans 16, verse five, Paul addresses this church in Rome and he addresses Prisca and Aquila who basically says, and he says, and you too, husband and wife, and the church that you have in your home. They had a home church. Okay, so we're in this series in Revelation. Like, like, are we still in Revelation? It is the last church in this series, the church of Laodicea. So here it is. Revelation chapter 3, 15 through 16 is the one verse that I really want to hone in. If you've been around the church for a while, you, you, you probably know this verse. Where it says, you know, I'd rather you, Jesus speaking again to this church, to the angel of, or which I'd say it's actually to the pastor of that church. Remember, he's speaking to the church. He's not speaking to the world. He's saying in Revelations chapter 3, 15 through 16, I would rather you either hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations. Cold, you could be like you're worldly. Hot, you're on fire for God. Okay, I know where you stand. But you're lukewarm, I don't know where you stand. Or there's another way of looking at this. Cold water is so useful, right? It's refreshing to drink this cold water. Hot water, right? It's great for coffee, tea, and, and you know, it's useful. Hot, cold but who likes anything lukewarm? The analogy that Jesus is giving us here is I, I, this lukewarm, this complacency, this like ho-hum attitude, I, I can't keep that in my mouth. I actually spit it out. See, we should be angry about racism. We should be angry about the injustices of the world. That should make us hot, right? And we should be living on purpose as a church. We know what the church is all about. Our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with others to encourage and our mission to the world. But I'll tell you what, the church building being open is not the injustice we're talking about today. We're not talking about the injustices of masks or no masks, of, you know, six-foot social distancing. Those aren't the injustices we're talking about today. No, we're talking about what Jesus cares about. He says, I see your works, Church of Laodicea. I see them, and you're kind of complacent. You're not really caring about a lot. You're busy doing activities and you're busy being a church, but you're not effective for me in the kingdom. Micah 6.8 says this. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Ask that question to yourself right now. What's the Lord requiring of me? And here it is. 
to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. If you want to make a life verse, if you want to actually plaster this somewhere in your house, on your mirror, in your car mirror, that would be a good one because this is what he's requiring of us. This is not like, hey, can I make a gentle suggestion for you? (laughs) No, I require this of you to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. Today, we've seen in our country the heart, the darkened heart on full display on our screens. And it stirs me on the inside. I do get hot. I feel paralyzed sometimes, like what can I do? And the Lord just kept saying, hey, hey, I know you're getting passionate about this right now, but you know what? All the injustices that are taking place in our own communities. You know how many kids are in the foster care system who need moms and dads? Do you know how many people who are still hungry in your own communities who need support and help? Do you know how many people are still facing addiction and the crisis of of alcoholism and drug addiction? and, And that's an injustice too. What are you doing about that? But where a nation is stirring, and I'm not discrediting what our people of color are walking through right now, it is revealing something in our nation, and we should be riled up about it. But I'm saying we don't need to stand by helpless here in New Hampshire. There is lots we can do. (laughs) And it starts by loving our neighbor as ourselves. It starts by finding somebody different than you and building a relationship with them. Revelation 3, in this section, Jesus then goes on to say, well, it's the one who conquers, Revelation 3.21. He says, it's the one who conquers. I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. Isn't that interesting in Matthew 25? He says, when he comes back to establish his kingdom here on earth, he's going to have a throne. He's going to invite those who were the sheep who cared for the nakedness and the thirsty and the hungry and those in prison. But this is says, he says, those who conquer, and, and my question is, what do we have to conquer? What do we have to conquer? I truly believe what we have to conquer is first and foremost, the sin in our hearts. We have to conquer that. We have to die to those things in our life. Number two, we have, to, we have to conquer the distractions of the world. Because this world is filled with all kinds of distractions. Less now, that during COVID-19, we're sporting events and shows and, you know, all the things that kept us so busy. But I think this is the time that God is saying, hey, I've closed that up so you can get serious with me. I've closed that up so you can hear my voice. Number one, the sin of our hearts. Two, the distractions of the world. And three, the fruitless religious activity. Yes, the fruitless religious activity. If we were just doing something religiously and, and not even mindful of what Jesus thinks or, or, or God's in it, it's just like, this is what I do. I just go to church every Sunday. 
I don't even say reading your Bible. I just read the Bible because that's what I do. But your mind is checked out. Your heart is checked out. I just do the religious activity. I've been doing a lot of grieving lately. Yes, COVID-19 has, has taken some things away from our family that we were looking forward to and I was grieving that. I'm, I'm grieving my daughter. Keep it together, dad. <laughs> Going off to college, I'm so proud of her, but I'm grieving. I'm grieving on an incident like George Floyd, the, the, the needless death of George Floyd. I grieve that. But you know what I've been grieving the most? I've been grieving the most the sin in my heart. See, Jesus has been showing me those places in my heart that are still not right with him. Now, I'm not talking about gross sin. I'm just talking about those subtle things, those distractions, those fruitless activities. I, I want to encourage you, church. I want to encourage you, listener, whoever you are that watches this. And by the way, if this is spoken to you, would you just like share it with somebody? Somebody needs to hear this message because we as a church are being woken up and we want to be woken up. We don't want to be asleep. This is not a time to play church. This is not to debate our opening strategy and masks and no masks. But what it is a time to do is to reflect what's in our hearts and should bring us to our knees. And when we're on our knees, our eyes should be open to see what Jesus sees, the injustices of the world. And we need to gather, why? So we can organize and strategize to grab a hold of those injustices and do something about them. That is the mission of the church. That is the call of us, you and I. Should propel us to do justice, to love kindness and walk humbly with God. Complacency and indifference are bitter waters in Jesus' mouth. Religious activity are sour grapes in Jesus' mouth. The distraction of the world is a detestable taste in Jesus' mouth. It is time for the people of the church to get organized and to fight the injustices in our communities and to bring heaven to earth. This, this, every single one when addressing the churches, when Jesus addresses the churches in modern day Turkey, he always ends it this way. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. And that is my call and that is my plea. That is my passion that you would hear what the spirit of God is saying to us today. I don't believe I'm alone on this. I believe these words are resonating in your heart. And the action step that you need to take this week is to say, yes, I will gather. 
I will gather regardless if the church opens its doors this week or next week or next month. I will gather. Why? Because I'm going to gather not just to fraternize, but I'm going to gather to organize. To say we are going to encourage each other with the word and we are going to be built up by worshiping Jesus and we're going to build each other up with words of encouragement, but, but we are going to be on mission to be the thing that has true religion, to be the thing that, that we're going to be the sheep, not the goats, that we're going to do justice, we're going to love kindness, and we're going to walk humbly, humbly with God. Because works that don't bring about justice is dead. Every single letter, Jesus says, I know your works. I know your works. Jesus wants us to do something. <laughs> He's always called us, the church, to be something in the world, to change the environment in the world. This nation needs us. The darkened hearts need Jesus. This land needs to be healed. But it's not just out there. It's in here. Our hearts need to be healed. And as our hearts are being healed, we, we come to this place of humility before God and then we say, my life is not my own. My life is not about my own purposes. It's about your purpose, Jesus. It's about your purpose, Jesus. To do justice. And I'm going to put action to that. I want us to close off today by us watching a prayer together. I want to forewarn you, if you've got children watching right now, I would highly recommend, if you've got children under the age of, there's some, some traumatic scenes in this video. And so right now, you can just kind of shield their eyes or scoot them out the room or give them something to be distracted about. But would you take this moment and pray with me? It's a prayer video. Would you pray with me? as we watch this video together, that we would, that we would be the church of Jesus Christ, that we would rise up today and that we would be counted as ones to have the true religion of caring for those who need our voices today. Let's pray together by watching this video. stop first and give you praise and honor for to you O oh Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth belongs to you you are highly exalted and your kingdom rules over all nations 
And we declare that you have the right, Father, and the privilege to rule over the nations because you have established them. Father, your word declares that you made of one blood all nations of men that dwell upon the face of the earth. And you have determined the times of their existence. And you also established the boundaries and the places where they are to dwell. So, Father, not only did you establish the nations, but you also made provision for the nations in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. For your desire, Heavenly Father, is not just to redeem individuals, but nations. I thank you that your word declares in Psalm 22, that all the ends of the world shall remember and return unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he governs the nations. You are the governor of the nations. However, Father, when we look at the state of our nations, they are just like Jesus prophesied in Luke 21, that before the end of this age, there will be distress of nations with perplexity, that they would have no answers, God. And every nation on this planet, there is some kind of upheaval or another whether it be a pestilence or famine or war, oh God, or violence or human and natural disasters, oh God, our nations are in trouble. And you have entrusted, though, the heritage of the nations to the body of Christ that lives in them. So, Father, we have a responsibility and we have been praying against division and political tribalism, against immorality, against the demise of the family. We prayed against the murder and violence in our cities and even against abortion. And Father, we have continued to pray for a holy visitation of God upon our land. But it seems that our nation, Heavenly Father, continues its downward spiral to destruction. May your people understand, God, that your ear is not heavy that it cannot hear, neither is your arm shortened that it cannot save. But you said that your sins have separated you between you and your God, and he refuses to hear. You also said that you covered yourself with a dark cloud so that our prayers cannot pass through. It's like the cry of sin is drowning out the cry of prayer. Because, Father, when we pray against division, there's still division in your church. God, we pray against immorality, but it runs rampant in your church. God, we pray against the demise of our families, but we divorce at a greater rate than the world. God, we pray for murder and violence to cease in our land, but you said that if you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. Have mercy upon your people, oh God. Give us a deep repentance and so that we can crowd to you, oh God, in true repentance so that you can visit your people. You are the governor and you are the health of the nations. Have mercy upon us as we crowd to you in the name of Jesus.
Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Music